I believe if you have a good product, the only problem you have is getting in front of an audience, and that can be for anything. And I've done interviews that aren't even linked to what I sell as a company, but it gets me in front of an audience which gets them curious about me and then what I do. So I'm always about trying to grow my impact in any industry through any platform because ultimately that will come to the agency somehow, some way. Hi and welcome to episode 57 or episode 5 of season 2 of Be The Drop, a weekly podcast that investigates how to unlock your brand story to supercharge your business. I'm Amelia Veal, small business owner and storytelling superhero. Here at Narrative Marketing, we absolutely believe in the power of telling stories, not only to learn and connect, but also to build business relationships and drive sales. My guest today, like most entrepreneurs, Jamie Stenhouse, has experienced both highs and lows on his business journey. Head of Market Titans Agency and a fellow advocate of business storytelling, he was once a teenager with a speech impediment that saw him drop out of high school. He enrolled in an IT course to try and avoid interpersonal communication but it was when he confronted his, his fear of speaking in public that his entrepreneurial journey really began. From web design and HTML coding to founding a clothing line, Jamie has had considerable professional success through his humble keyboard. His anxiety over speaking, a thing of the past, Jamie is now an inspirational keynote speaker and shares his personal story as the stuttering entrepreneur. In today's episode of Be The Drop, we chat business storytelling, how to personalize in the automated digital world, and Jamie reveals the one thing you need to get right in order for everything to work. It's a big statement. This is Jamie's version of Be The Drop. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Jamie. I'm very excited to chat to you on our next episode of Be The Drop. Thank you for coming down and thank you for having me. Yeah, it's great. And we're here in Hub Adelaide, which is where you're based. Mm -hmm. So we might see a few people wander back and forth. So I see you've brought along your item of significance. Yes. And that's something that connects you with your community. Mm -hmm. Can you explain a little bit about that? And, you know, in the process, tell us a bit more about yourself. Sure, sure. So mine is my computer as sort of... IT June as that is. I'm very much attached to my keyboard usually 24-7 every single day of the week as well. If I look at my entrepreneur journey, a lot of the companies and products that I had came from a keyboard. It didn't come from a speech or from me drawing or planning. It all came from me having an idea and a prototype that all came from a keyboard or a computer. So that's the tool, that's my um, tool of choice that I always have on me. Yeah, and you mentioned then it connects you with your team. Mm. Now, so they're not here in Adelaide. No, my team is spread overseas across multiple different countries, which it's always interesting to go to sleep and get here early and see that, you know, there's been 20 tasks that have been completed overnight. So for my clients, the work doesn't slow down because I'm here doing work during normal time and then as, as I'm sleeping and the class is sleeping, there's more work being completed overnight. So yeah. it allows us to do more uh, with less effort as mm. well. Right. Now you mentioned throughout your entrepreneurial journey, you've done a few different things. Mm -hmm. um, you know, what was it that got you started? Where did you start this journey? Well, I dropped out of high school because of my speech. I have a speaking in 
impediment that I've worked a bit to iron out. And I dropped out of high school at the age of 15 or 16, at the end of year 10, to pursue a course in IT. And my plan was to never have to talk again and only use a, a keyboard to communicate. So maybe that's where this has come from, really. <laughs> come full circle. Yeah. yeah, and I did that IT course because I figured, well, I don't want to talk ever again. I don't want to have to use my speech because I'm finding it really hard to communicate and to talk. So I pursued a course in IT for three years, finished that and found out that every employer was asking me, well, can you do help desk? Can you do client support? Can you do front desk? I'm like, no, I don't really want to speak. I don't want to talk in case I get blocked in my words or in case. It was just a very stressful time whereby I was tiptoeing around everything in fear of being judged. And some people enter industry because they enjoy it. Others enter it because they it pays well. I entered mine because I felt I was forced to because I had to figure out how to earn an income without using my voice. So got into the online space and learned everything about SEO, SEM, advertising, social media, email marketing, graphic design and all of that. And I closed my first client, which was my friend's brother, which led to client two, that led to client four. And a lot of those projects were just graphic design jobs, maybe some photography here and there, a bit of HTML coding. And Fast forward 12 months after that, I got the interest or the idea to create a clothing line. And I created a clothing line. I've had it for about two, three years. I've sold it since, but that was pushed into retail stores, which was quite cool. And then through all that traction, through all that entrepreneurship over three, four years, I got confidence in myself. I, I, mm. I learned what my skill sets were. I felt confident and I learned that this speech thing wasn't actually holding me down so much. And that's when I began to do keynote speaking, training, showing what I've learned over the last four years and really going into my own personal brand and trying to help other entrepreneurs to do the same as well. And then today I've taken all of that and built a team around an agency which helps our clients to generate customers online in any industry using marketing automation. Yeah, great. Well, okay, so you've done a lot. How old are you? 27. Right, now you've also released a YouTube video about mm, that and you've, mm. you've shared your story, the stuttering entrepreneur, is yes, that right? Yes, So can you explain the motivations and then the impacts that you think that's had for you to share that story and why that was important? I think in terms of me sharing it, people were just interested in how I got to where I am and the person behind the brand. So because I owned a design agency, a clothing line, my own personal brand and now this agency, there's always some curiosity as to, well, where did he get his training from? You know, I bet he's from uni or, you know, he's been trained or he's had some sort of thing handed to him to some degree. And in me sharing that story, I just was keen to show people that it's not from the skill sets we already obtained that help us grow because we probably already pushed those skill sets that we enjoy, that we know really well as far as we probably can mm. to some degree. But it's in the areas where we haven't improved. It's in the obstacles that we have that where the most growth can come from. So that's what I was trying to get across in that clip was to say that the obstacle is the is where the upside is for everyone, regardless of whatever it is. Mm. It's just really about being smart and being honest in terms of what am I putting off? Why am I putting it off? And what can I you know, execute today that will push me closer towards the outcome? Mm, yeah. And so you mentioned that your 
working in marketing mm. automation. Mm. So, and that's a space that you do for your, like where you work for your clients. Mm -hmm. How do you use automated marketing to, to really support and build on human contact and relationships? Yeah, so it's, it's interesting because when email campaigns first came about, they were very, they seemed very personal and they seemed very organic because they were new. This was in 96, 97, right? Mm. People were blown away by that there was the CEO of some company emailing you, right? Even though it was automated, it seemed like it was a personal email then. Mm. However, fast forward to today, the consumer is very conscious that there, that there are email automations. What we did is we created a automation that changes that changes depending on what the prospect interacts with, just as if you were having a human conversation. So it's not AI, but it's very intelligent automation whereby if a prospect shows interest in this type of article, then let's email them more of those articles. And then if they do not click on a vlog or a audio podcast, then let's email them the transcribe of that, right? So it's mm. changing as if it's a human interaction. and the response is a lot higher because we're getting prospects as they're interested and also in what they're interested in as well, mm. as opposed to just emailing them a very straight line email automation that just sends content to their inbox. We change it depending on what the prospect finds interesting. Generally, if you're helping out a, a prospect or a consumer, they're gonna, again, know, like, and trust you to the point where, well, this person keeps emailing me amazing content that is about the outcome I want, that is about the reason why I want that outcome. I want more of this. I want more of this interaction. It's amazing. It's, it, it is great and it's timed perfectly. They know when I'm at my inbox somehow, they know what articles I'm you know, interested in and you can really give them what they want more of to the point where you then begin to ask questions. Say, hey, John, you know, we've seen you've opened XYZ article or, you know, we've seen you're on our homepage. Is there anything that you would want to know? And just creating a sort of opportunity for them to say, I've enjoyed this content, do you have more? Is how you can really close a client quite easily because they've been pre-sold through the automation, through intelligent content that, that, that they actually enjoy and appreciate. Mm. So the important factor there though is that it has to be something that they enjoy and appreciate. Yeah. So therefore then, do you spend a lot of time doing market like audience research as well for your clients? We do for our clients. So generally most clients know about their product and know about their consumer. However, when they tell you about their consumer, there's like eight or nine different profiles always in there. Mm. So then we create a different content chain for each of those profiles. And then each of those profiles will then sort themselves out dependent on what they interact through. Mm. Yeah, so it's very tailored. Very and tailored, I often yes. talk about, you know, because I come from a brand storytelling perspective, mm. that, you know, if you're telling a story you know, if I was telling it to my seven-year-old son as opposed to telling it to you mm. or telling it to my parents, mm. you know, or in a business setting, it, I'm going to change. It can be the same story, but it will completely change the language that I use and, you know, the extra bits that I add in or take out mm. will change. So what you're really describing is exactly that same sort of thing, but in a, you know, using an automated process. Which allows for scale and tracking as well. You were talking about taking people along a journey and and helping, you know, using story to help them along that journey. Mm. At what point and what do you think is the most effective way to then transition them from enjoying a story along a journey to then purchasing? 
I think when you can create a story that is about them as opposed to about the company, when you can begin to thread that again and again through your advertising, through your campaigns, people want to be a part of that story and that first looks like maybe them sharing your story on, on their profile and then maybe coming to see your brand in person. Then ultimately the next upgrade from that is becoming a customer as well. So it's about ensuring that your story is about the prospect or the consumer talking about the actual Apple advert from the A's, I think it was. That was about you know their audience as opposed to here's our new product, right? And, yeah. and then at the time, people were like, that campaign didn't sell anything, but it sold the audience on the idea of the company, which they then launched out products after that, right? Mm. So that's a perfect example compared to most, compared to most companies like Samsung in the early 2000s where their campaigns are product driven as opposed to customer driven. Yeah. So you need to make it about the customer and who do they want to be? Who do they want to be a part of? What community do they want to be linked to as well? Mm. And that campaign did it fantastically. Yeah, totally nailed it. So the question I have there then is around that transition from being a journey and being part of something to then buying, mm. how you know, how important is that, that that pricing conversation, the, I don't know, the transparency around, mm. we want you to be a part of it. But, but there's a cost. But there's yeah. a cost. Like, so, and I know that some people find that quite uncomfortable. Mm. What's your advice around that? I think you want to begin looking at, is your product as good as a price justifies it to be? And I think, I don't think the problem is price. Usually, I think it's what happens before the price gets announced. So have they enjoyed your marketing? Do they feel like they're a part of your brand already? Have you brought them to a point where they're asking your price even before you present it to them, right? You want to address all the objections, concerns, fears, all of that before they even get to the actual opportunity to purchase. I think if pricing is an issue, then something was not handled correctly in the prior interactions. Yeah, yeah. So that then price should become a secondary point. The last point. The yeah. last point. Like, you know, really it should be, well, how quickly can I have it should be the concern of the actual consumer, right, as opposed to price. Yeah, give it to me now. Exactly, exactly. Well, that would be a great outcome. Copywriting is the most underutilized skill set that's hard to become great at. But it's a constant journey in terms of like honing in on why things are important as well. And most copy is product driven. Here's, here's what it can provide you with mm. as opposed to here's what it is important to you. Like here's what yeah. it means to you. Like, mm. you know, Qantas is a great example of they've really honed in on good copy through that advert that, that you're talking about just before as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, and because they talked on the fact that of why people travel. Yeah, not yeah. Not we like, have a plane. Yeah, like because like, people not, know that. Like. Yeah, yeah. And, and and like they're not trying to compete with we have extra legroom or you know like we get two free meals. It's like people like that, but it's not why they're purchasing from that company. It's yeah. more than that. And when you craft good copy, everything just works. Like like mm. your emails work, your ad campaigns work, your blogs work, and it's not attached to the platform. Like oh, blogging's working. No, no, it's it's the copy that is in the blog, or it's. Or it's a copy that's you know that you're talking to your clients that tends to be working. It, it, it always has been and always will be. Copywriting is how you communicate, and it's the number one skill set that no one wants to learn because it's not flashy, right? Because mm. you can't just press two things and it's all done. It's a it's a lifelong skill to learn how to become a great 
communicator and a great storyteller. So a lot of people, when they try to copyright, they sit up straight and they and, and they like you know try to write a very formal sales letter or they you know try to write a very professional email and it's like well that's not how the prospect wants to be talked to in most cases right they want to feel like they're talking to a, to a human rather than a you know ceo who's up high and he's you know mm. high chair trying to close you right people want to talk to other people and they want to be conscious that you understand their problems and not the problems that they're sharing or they're talking about but the actual problems that they haven't told anyone their mm. fears or their dreams that they haven't even shared with their friends yet very good advice thank you jamie all right so in conclusion though you're not quite off the hook yet can you share with me your top communication tip so that's your jamie's be the drop uh, tip this is you know yeah. how you be the drop so your top communication tip care Number one thing is care more about the prospect, customer, client than you care about your company. When you put the prospect, customer, client first in terms of how you talk to them and you're not concerned about closing, you, you know, you're not concerned about having enough to cover your rent and you actually care, the amount of conversation and copy that that, that can come from that is, in, is incredible because there's no attachment to the outcome and you're able to actually help out from human to human. Mm. Fabulous. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. Great. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Be The Drop. Don't forget to subscribe in order to ensure you never miss one of our weekly episodes. Be The Drop is produced by Narrative Marketing, where we believe that stories connect individuals and that powerful storytelling can positively impact the world. It is our mission to help unlock the power of story through this podcast and the range of products and services that we offer. To unleash your storytelling superpower, visit narrativemarketing.com.au or check out our social links in the show notes. To get in touch with any specific comments, you can email me via amelia at narrativemarketing.com.au. And don't forget, that whilst a task or challenge may seem overwhelming, a waterfall begins with one drop and look what comes from that. Until next time. Mm-hmm.